Bibles and our smartphones, and we'll look at the Word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 5. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. Watch what he says here. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, He sat down and taught his climbing companions. That's a boy, so much in that to preach from. Oh boy. Father, we desire more. We are thankful. We are grateful for all you've already done for us. Your presence is awesome here today. So I rebuke the adversary, that spirit of discouragement he brings and release to your people the victory you have today and for tomorrow and the week ahead. We thank you. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Message today will encourage you and assist you in overcoming discouragement so you can learn to be an overcomer. If you haven't grasped this, understand, life is an uphill climb. And on your way to your destiny or that place God has for you, the plan that God has for your life, your purpose, your career, the place you're trying to achieve in life, you're going to find out, you'll discover, if you're going to make it, if you're going to achieve what God has planned for you, it's going to require of you some heavy climbing, Significance just doesn't happen in life. And I've discovered through the years of my life, life is an uphill climb in every way. Whether it be in marriage and career, spiritually with the Lord, if you're going to get anywhere, you're going to have to climb the hill. It will not be a smooth, easy journey. It will not be level ground. And many times the Christian life is likened to mountain climbing. We know that Moses several times climbed at the top of a mountain. He went to Mount Sinai, where there he received the Ten Commandments alone in the presence of God. We know Elijah climbed Mount Carmel. We were not far from Mount Carmel in Israel. It's a very high mountain in northern Israel. And there he prayed a 14-word prayer, and fire fell from heaven and consumed his sacrifice. I've often wanted to say to people when they've attempted to impress me with their long prayers, it only took 14 words for Elijah to pray and fire to fall. <clears throat> Not impressed by long prayers. Fire fell after a 14-word prayer. Jesus climbed the mountain, and from there he taught the Beatitudes. It's my topic, the Sermon on the Mount, we call it, on Wednesday nights right now. He climbed the Mount of Transfiguration. And there revealed his glory to Peter, James, and John. And the point is, the Christian life is likened many times to climbing a mountain. And on your journey in life up the mountain, I don't know what mountain it is you're climbing, it might be a physical challenge you're enduring. It might be a spiritual challenge you're facing. Even a relational one. It looks so huge. But listen to me, you don't really have any choices on this issue. You have to climb it. And often you don't ask for the problems that strike at you in life, but you've got to acquire an attitude, this is my challenge. This is the mountain I have to climb. 
So welcome to life. Welcome to the human race. Mountains are a part of life. And in your journey up the mountain, you're going to require and, and, and get yourself acquainted with encounter three types of people. And everyone here today falls into one of these three categories. You will encounter quitters. You will encounter campers. And you will encounter climbers on your journey. Well, first, let's talk about the quitters. A quitter is a whiner. Straight up tell you. It's a person when the mountain grade gets steep, when there's adversity and trouble and pain, when difficulties arise, they wimp out, they begin to whine, and they develop a victim complex. They act like everything is so bad, and everybody ought to feel sorry for them. Can I give you a wake-up call today? This is how life is, called trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't mince any words. And people who reach the high places, they get to their achievement, they get their career objectives in line, they have to overcome the temptation to quit. Quitters are whiners. Quitters are those who have abandoned the climb. They have a victim complex. They've gotten bitter. They're often depressed. They're a drag to everybody around them. Listen, they find it easier to quit than to endure. They drop out. They back out. Quitters drop out. They quit when things get tough. They quit when adversity manifests itself. They quit marriage. They quit careers. They quit their dreams. They quit church. They quit God. They quit when something happens they can't explain. They just quit. They've given up because they've had some setbacks. Every successful individual has endured setbacks. Some people, when hard times arrive and the mountain grade gets steep, when difficulties come, they quit. When there are mountains, that's when you discover what you're made of. And you don't quit. Then you discover a second group on your journey. You're going to find the campers also climbing with you. Let me describe the camper. A camper is a person who goes so far but doesn't go all the way. The camper is the person who travels a little way, then he stops. He achieves some altitude, some greatness, but quickly grows satisfied where he is. The camper is the person who gets this attitude, it's good enough. It's better than most. I'm comfortable here. I really don't have to push myself. I'm just going to kind of kick back and glide here. I've done more than most people have done. I think I'll just relax. The camper grows weary of the climb, and they terminate their ascent. The camper is the person who wants to play it safe now. The camper is the person who wants to make s'mores and sit around the campfire singing Kumbaya. They like to hang out with other campers who won't challenge them. They like to be around those who won't motivate them and who listen to them talk about what they used to do years ago, but they're not doing really anything anymore but maintaining where they are. Campers are people who cannot reach a higher level of success in their marriage, in their career, in their walk with God. They start out well, but then they grow complacent. They become laid back. They're lukewarm. That's what Jesus called them. They have lost their edge. Success should not diminish your desire. It ought to encourage you. 
fire you up to do more. Calvary Christian Center is not a camper church. It will not be one as long as I'm your pastor. We've seen God do great things here. We could put up a tent spiritually and kick back and say, well, we're not under any great pressure. Let's enjoy the ride. Hang out with a few cliques we like to be with, and we'll just kind of wait for Jesus to show up. This is not a camper church. There are many people still to be reached in our community for Jesus. There are facilities we still need to build to expand our ministry base. There are missions projects we have yet to support and we are going to support. Camping is when you might afford to take a breather. You know, you're just going to just stop for a little while before you ascend to the top of the mountain. But the campground, for some, has a permanent address. They've stopped focusing on the mountain peak and what good that they could accomplish and how great it could become if they'll continue up the grade. They've settled for the good when they could have had the best. And in their marriages, in their careers, in their relationship with God, they just get complacent. They've grown satisfied. Then there's the third group, the climbers. That's what God desires every one of you to be, a climber. That's what God has called every one of us to be, a climber. God wants you to be a climber. A climber is dedicated. They'll stop periodically at a base camp. They'll grab some refreshment. They'll rest up a little bit, but they won't live there, nor will they make it their permanent address. They don't buy a satellite dish and sit out on their lawn chairs. They don't relax for the rest of their days. Climbers have this mentality. I'll turn this spot into a, into a temporary base camp. And what I've done in the past will serve as a launch pad from where I'm going to go next. Climbers are people who see obstacles as opportunities. Climbers see the glass as half full, while others see that glass as half empty. Climbers are those people who know a bend in the road is not the end of the road. Climbers are people who, regardless of misfortune or, or, or disadvantage or pain, or regardless of past achievements, they keep climbing. Climbers are people who got hurt. They got bruised, but they got over it. Because once in a while, you have to be like the Mona Lisa. She keeps smiling with her back against the wall. Climbers stop at the campground for refreshment, but they don't sit down in a lawn chair. They use that as their launch pad. They use it as a springboard to go further than they've ever gone before. So let's look at that text again. That Jesus, about Jesus in Matthew 5. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he quit. He camped. What did he do? Climb. Oh. Those who were apprenticed to him, that's supposed to be those who call themselves disciples, followers. The committed did what? Climbed with him. And arriving in a quiet place, he sat down and taught his quitters, campers, climbers. Oh, climbing companions. See, Jesus shared with them Things that people down in the valley never got. They did not hear. They didn't get to receive it. You see, you climb, 
And when you get this climber spirit spiritually in your relationship with God, you become his climbing companion. Wherever he goes, that's where I'm going. God will share things with you. He will not share with people down in the valley because you've chosen to follow him. Let me give you three lessons that you need to apply out of this, out of this principle from this text. Lesson number one, let's quit being a quitter. Let's quit being a quitter. Say that. Let's quit being a quitter. Quitting can become a habit just like winning can become a habit. It's the habit you develop. You need to teach your children that just because they didn't get the choice of position they wanted on their team, you don't quit the team. Just because you didn't get the main part in the production, you don't step away from the production. Because quitting can become a habit like winning becomes a habit. You've got to get in your spirit this determination that says, I am not going to quit. There are two times when you're most vulnerable to quitting. First, when you've had a great failure. And secondly, when you've had a great success. Because many successful people, after a successful run, their successes have made failures out of them. And think about what I'm saying to you. It's possible to get to a place in life where you've succeeded and then you just start relaxing. That can happen to you as a person, can happen to your family, can happen to your business, can happen to your church. Jesus spoke to the church at Laodicea and he said these words, I, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you would be one or the other. Because you are like lukewarm water, neither cold or hot. I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have everything I want, and I don't need a thing. And he said, that is absolutely an incorrect assumption. He's speaking not to the heathen. He's speaking to his church. I'll never forget the coaches who taught this lesson. And they told us it's more difficult to remain on top than to get to the top. Because the tendency is, is when you get on top, you start relaxing. You lose your momentum. You start losing your passion. A church's greatest danger is if it reaches and goes higher than most and becomes above average, then it becomes complacent, self-satisfied, apathetic, indifferent. It gets to a place it's not hungry for more any longer, and they lose their edge that special hunger that made them what they are. Listen to Paul. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we do not know why things happen as they do. But we don't give up and quit. The difference between quitters and climbers is not pain. Both experience pain. But the person who keeps climbing says, I choose not to quit even though I'm hurting, even though I'm bleeding, even though I'm wounded, I will not quit. I keep climbing in Jesus' name. Winston Churchill, boy, can we use him again. He said that he noticed that the bulldog's nose is slanted backwards so he can continue to breathe without letting go of his bite. That's the spirit you have to acquire. Bulldog tenacity. One that says, I will continue to hold on. I don't care what happens. I'm not quitting on my marriage. I'm not quitting this career. 
I'm not quitting my education. I'm not quitting college. I'm not quitting my ministry. I'm not quitting the church. I have bulldog tenacity. I will bite down, breathe, and hold on. I will live and not die. I will declare the works of the Lord. In trying times, don't stop trying. Never, never, ever give up. Hold on. Hold fast. Hold out. But don't give up. Don't quit. So number one, quit quitting. Number two, don't unfold your tent at the campground of complacency. Don't do that. Now watch this. In Proverbs, listen carefully. Your own complacency will kill you. And some people make progress, then they become complacent. When you become complacent, here's what's developing. You're getting proud of the fact that you've kind of arrived at a a fairly comfortable place, and then that turns into arrogance. What happens is you get into this zone. It can happen in your career. It can happen in your marriage, a zone of complacency. It can happen in your relationship with God. Good is the enemy of the best. I mean, even the army used to get it right when they said, be all that you can be. (laughs) Don't pitch your tent and camp there. Unless you attempt to do something beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. So if at first you do not succeed, try something more difficult. Go on for greater. Even if you've had a temporary success or even a setback, go for more. Don't camp out at your success. Well, I've done better than some others have done. Now I get to kick back. And I get to glide for the rest of my life. I've watched a lot of people lose it right there at that spot. And I think about people who pitch their tents at that level of complacency. I've thought about on-the-job performance. Some have pitched the tent of complacency on your job. When you first got your opportunity, when the door first opened, you got to get into this business or that job you dreamed of, you were educated for it, you prepared for it, you learned, you got experience, you were the first one there, you were the last one to leave, you worked overtime, you did things not on your job description, you were fired up, you were enthusiastic, you were a pleasure for everybody to be around. You know what happens when you've reached that intermediate goal and you started to camp? It became easy to pull out the chair, to put up a tent, to think, I like it here for this season. I'm kind of comfortable right now. And you've lost your enthusiasm for your job. And you know what's going to happen? When you pitch the tent of complacency at the place where you work, when you show up late, you're the first one to leave. You take extended breaks. Before you know it, instead of accomplishing something, instead of going further, guess what happens to you? Don't be surprised if your raise is non-existent or minuscule or you let, you're let go for someone with a passion to serve and to grow and to excel because that's what your employer is looking for because the climber is rewarded. I said the climber is rewarded. That's how life works. And here's another tent of complacency in marriage. So many people in marriage just pit a, pitch a tent of complacency. And when you wanted that girl, you romanced that girl. Before you were married, before she said, I do, 
You sent her flowers. You called her. You used your Barry White voice. <laughs> what you doing, baby? Hmm? You wrote sweet things. You were thoughtful of her. Know what happens to people? They get married and they pitch up a tent of complacency. They don't strive for the highest mark of relationship or intimacy. Now they're just two people living under the same roof with no passion, ignoring one another's needs. That is not God's perfect plan, nor is it his best for your life. But it takes climbing. You're saying, well, we're not going to allow this to happen to our relationship. It's not going to become boring, and it's not going to become stagnant. Complacency is deadly, and it's deadly in the church. It's deadly when you become complacent. It's deadly when you pitch a tent and get satisfied, become a camper in your relationship. Even in ethics, some people pitch a tent. People start letting things slide. Once you were convicted about them, then you start doing things now that at one time you were convicted about doing. You start cheating God in finance and not paying your tithe. You start cheating God by not offering any time to serve him. You start cheating your employer. For you know it, you're cheating on your wife and you're cheating on other things. Tents of complacency. And I thought about another one. I thought about our relationship with God. Being in this room today. What is in this room today? In Jesus assessing his church at Sardis, he said, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation of being alive. Now, these are Jesus' words, not to heathen, but to the church. But you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains. For what, even what is left is almost dead. So he's telling them, even though you look like you're doing well, you're going through the motions, there's no life left in you. You let it dissipate. It's very dangerous in the church. There are quitters in here. There are those who started out well. There was a tragedy. There was a crisis. There was sickness. There was a divorce. And you don't agree that God allowed that to happen to you and you got angry and you quit and you're upset with everything and everybody. Not only are there quitters in here, there are campers in here in their relationship with God. People punching the clock on Sunday. I'm there. You were saved many, many years ago. And all you can do now is talk about how God used to move in your life. That's your only reference for God's Holy Spirit moving in your heart. How he used to bless you. Over in the old church, I used to really feel God. <laughs> know what that problem is? The person sitting in your seat. That's what that problem is. Because you pitched a tent and you satisfied yourself with yesterday. But if you'll climb, you'll find out there, there's something even greater than your yesterday. There are new experiences in the Holy Spirit. There are deeper depths to go to in the Spirit of the Lord. I'm glad for what he has done in my past. We were talking to others the other day about, we were so blessed as children to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit from childhood, to watch God at work and services to witness God's supernatural ability. But I'm not satisfied with what he did in my yesterday. And the attitude of today is, well, I go to church. I'm sure God's really impressed. Really impressed. See, there's a difference between growing old in the Lord and growing up in the Lord. One is just logging time. 
But the other, you're taking ground. You're stretching and growing and being challenged. It's like those two young men that were climbing Yosemite's face. Did you watch them? Oh, my goodness. They had nothing to secure them but their fingers, their hands. The only safety they had was they had something rigged just in case they began to fall. And they used their hands to climb up the face of that wall. My goodness, they were scratched, bruised. Knuckles were swollen, see, but they kept climbing. And after several weeks, they were able to achieve what their goal was. See, a man is not old until his regrets take the place of his dream. Regret looks back. Worry looks around. This is going to happen. Vision looks onward and upward. And if your yesterday still looks big to you, that means you're not doing anything today. Beware of security. Beware of just getting complacent. Number three, dare to climb again. Say that. Dare to climb again. This is the lesson we need today. If you become a quitter or you become a camper, dare to climb again. Get what was in those young men that climbed the face up there at Yosemite. Because here's what you've got to understand. The difference between quitters and campers and climbers is one word. Endurance. Endurance. I'm in it for the long haul. The Holy Spirit impressed something into my spirit. Teach the people that if they learn to endure now, endurance today equals enjoyment later. To the students, it's like this. Pay now. Play later. Unfortunately, there's a generation being raised in our culture where they're being taught to play now. Don't worry about paying. No, you pay now. You play later. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm enjoying the best time of my life. That's what I mean. The first years of most marriages are adjustments and and trying to fit everything into life and, and learn now. It's not about you anymore. It's about us. But as the years go by, we keep climbing. And we did keep climbing. And we're still climbing. We haven't finished climbing because we didn't quit, nor did we camp when we could have. Because there comes a time in nearly every marriage when it's easier to quit than to endure. There comes a time in every marriage where it's easier to camp than to endure. But you keep climbing. And if you endure now, years later, you still get to enjoy. (laughs) I recall when we first began. Simple beginnings, hardships, adjustments, not quite enough to be comfortable. A tiny black and white television, hand-me-down furniture. Small beginnings, humble beginnings, but Donna and I kept climbing. We didn't quit when it might have been easy to go take something else as a career choice. We didn't camp when we pastored what we did achieve as an average church. Say, well, you know, we're we're better than most and we're we're greater in number than most. We, We could have camped and just hung out there. Most people never see what it takes to get where we are today because they haven't experienced The joy in the journey of climbing. That's where the lessons are learned. Not when you stand on the top of the mountain. It's in the journey. Unless you're a preacher's kid, sometimes you get to see it firsthand. You see people in life enjoying themselves, and they seem to be having a great time. You do not know what they endure to get to the good times. 
And someone needs to hear this because you're just looking for a free ticket. You just want to get to the enjoyment part without the endurance part. But there's no way to get up there without enduring. You'll not get to the mountaintop without endurance. Climbers are people who comprehend Philippians 3. Listen to Paul. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us up to heaven. Pressing, enduring, straining, reaching, climbing for the prize. I could quit. I could pitch a tent. But I choose to stretch and reach and press for what lies ahead. I reach for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Nobody's saying. He's saying you can't live in the past. He's saying the call is upward. He's saying you have to keep climbing. You cannot afford to be satisfied. He's saying, hang out with people who are climbers. Yes, you help the quitters. Yes, you assist the camper. But you better not hang out with them because they become a drag on your ability to climb. Every once in a while, I'll flip on PBS. They have something cool going on, you know. So sometime back, I was scanning through PBS to see if they had some, some, some great talent on there. And they had, an old, they had the old disco groups back. <laughs> All the old 70s artists. Oh, boy. And one dude walked on stage, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this guy's living in a time zone. He's in a warp. He's old. I mean, his hit was like 38 years ago. And he's still living back there. I mean, he's got black spandex pants on He's got a mullet haircut, and he's singing, and I'm going, wow. And the Holy Spirit whispers to me as I was sitting there, and I was laughing at this time-warped guy. This is how a lot of my people are, forgetting the things which are behind. It was for a season. It was good. You enjoyed it, but you can't camp back there. You've got to move on for what I have for you today. What I have for you today is fresh. Forgetting the failure, forgetting the mess up, forgetting how bad it was. Forget it and keep climbing. Climbing, climbers are always looking up. But some people have already quit. And some have decided to camp. But the Holy Spirit sent me here today to tell you, listen, it's time to climb. And the most dangerous time for a climber, I was watching those two men climb up the face of that mountain in Yosemite. And I thought, wow, how dangerous this is. Goodness. So I took out and Googled and started looking about the most dangerous part of the climb. And 70% of the fatalities for mountain climbers, where they happen. And I thought, you know, I thought people would get killed while they were climbing. 70% of the, it's got to be, right? While they're going up the steep incline. I mean, there's really, there's really no place to rest. I mean, they pitched this little makeshift tent at night, and that thing was swaying in the breeze. And I'm thinking, good grief, that's when they're going to have a fatality, right? You know, maybe they're reaching with their fingers, and they took weeks for their fingers and their knuckles to heal, and the scratches and the bleeding to stop, and the stiffness to go out of their fingers. I'm thinking, well, maybe the, the people with the pickaxe, if they don't get that pinion in there just right, Man, they hit that thing the wrong way and they go flying down. No, pulling themselves up. No, that's not when they die. 70% of those who die mountain climbing die going back down. So I'm looking at this, and this is what it said to me. 
while they're climbing, they're focused. When they're climbing, they're all into it. All their senses are geared on one thing, looking up. They're in the zone. They're reaching. They're not paying attention to what's behind them or below them. They're climbing. They're intense about it. Lion tamers, they take a stool and they hold it up because the lion is a predator. And they stick four legs from that stool in the face of that lion. And the reason they do that is because the lion is a predator, focuses on one thing. But when you put four legs of a stool in his face, it breaks his focus. And even though he's awesome and he's powerful, when his focus is broken, all that power is neutralized. He can't focus. And as long as you stick those four legs in his face, you break his focus. He can't do much. That's what the enemy desires to do to you. Break your focus. Paul said, this one thing I do. And too many Christians die not climbing. But when they grow satisfied and they begin going this way, when they've reached the place where they think they've arrived and they let their guard down, that's when they get killed. That's when the enemy wipes them out. Pastor, that's easy for you to say. You don't know what I've been through. I mean, he left me with three kids and ten stretch marks. Listen to me. You have no clue what I've been through. You have no idea. But I understand you've got three options. You can quit, you can camp, or you can climb. You can whine at the mistakes for the rest of your life, and people see you coming and they run the other way because they go, here we go again, right? Or you can climb higher. You can say, it's not going to destroy me. Think of Jesus. It says in the word, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He's our example. When they put that cross beam on his back, when he began to climb up Mount Calvary, he wasn't a quitter when things got tough. And they beat open his back. They jammed a crown of thorns onto his head. And then they punched him and plucked out his beard. And they nailed him onto that cross. At any moment, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the Romans. But he said, I'm not a quitter. In fact, what he did finally get to say was, it's finished. I'm glad as he climbed Golgotha, he didn't hit a place where he said, that's far enough. I'm comfortable. I'm halfway up this mountain. I'll just camp here. I've suffered. Oh, I don't need to suffer anymore. I've shed drops of blood. They've split my back open. I'll just camp here. I've healed a bunch of people. I've delivered a bunch of others from de- de- demonic oppression. I've freed a bunch of people. It's enough. I don't really have to die. I can just camp here. Thank God he didn't camp out. He kept climbing until he got all the way to the top. And then they raised him up. And he bled and he died. And Jesus was not a quitter. And he was not a camper. He was a climber. And he did it for you and me. So Jesus is asking, will you be my climbing companion? Will you go with me? Will you climb? And there's no mountain you're facing, whether it be cancer or depression, hopelessness, fear, an uncertain future. No matter how steep the grade with God, 
we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But you can't quit and you can't camp out at your point of failure. You've got to climb. So today I came to you to preach a simple message. Say to you, if your marriage is in trouble, the worst thing you can do is camp and hope. Things are going to get better by themselves. They won't. No. You've got to move forward. If your relationship with God is stagnated, the worst thing you can do is just sit there and say, well, I'm waiting on God. When God gets ready, he'll move in my life once again. No, he won't. You'll die just the way you are. Because you've got to decide to get up and climb. People say, well, I've endured enough. I don't have to endure anymore. Well, really? Really? Any of you bled yet for the cause of Jesus? Any of you been strapped to a piece of wood and whipped 39 times for the cause of Jesus? Any of you been shipwrecked for the cause of Jesus? Anybody thrown into a dungeon and beat up there and left there? For the co- no. If you're going to get to the place God destined for you, you've got to be a climber. You've got to learn endurance. And you get to extend your ability to endure with every test and every battle you process through. Your endurance grows greater. And if you don't go through those tests and you refuse them and you quit or you camp, you will have very minuscule endurance for the tests that will find you even when you've tried to hide as a quitter or a camper. See, you can coast or you can cruise through your Christian life. You will miss God's best. And I'm sorry, I'm not here today to be Dr. Feelgood for anybody. But I'm here to tell you the truth. As Paul put it, as a good soldier, endure. As a good soldier, endure. Deal with it. Put up with it. And then you're going to get to say one day, if you haven't already, hey, it's rough. Bullets are flying. Grenades have exploded. But I'm still ready to fight. I want to fight for my family. I want to fight for the dreams God's given me. I want to fight for my walk and journey with God. And I will fight for the destiny he's purposed in my life. You've got to get that in your spirit for your future. I'm going to fight. I'm going to climb. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to camp out. I'm not going to say things are good enough. Because this is not yet God's best. I have not yet apprehended. My greatest days are still ahead and up here not down here. So you break down the tent because we're moving out. We're moving up. You're looking at mountains today, some of you, mountains of difficulties that you've never had to climb before. And the enemy is saying, just quit. Just quit or just settle for the way things are right now. But God sent you here today to hear this word, climb. Climb! Because victory is ahead. The victory is ahead. We used to sing that, remember? Victory ahead. Through the blood of Jesus, victory ahead. Victory. You're here today. God brought you here to hear this. You decided, I'm not going to be a quitter. I'm not going to be a camper. 
I'm going to climb back into my health, climb back into a good marriage, climb back into a good walk with God, climb back into my commitment to the body of Christ. I will not quit. I'm going to climb. Your life may be going crazy around you right now, and that's normal on the climb at times. But all you've got to say is, I'm going to keep right on climbing. I'm going to keep focused on the prize. I don't care what happens. I'm continuing to put one foot in front of the other and climbing with Jesus. Because here's what it says. Stand with me. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing crowds, he climbed. He wasn't satisfied. He climbed. And those were those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. And there he sat down and taught his climbing companions. See, I don't want to miss that. I want to hear that. I'm not going to hear it by quitting. And I'm not going to hear it by camping. I'm only going to hear it continuing the journey with him up the side of the mountain. Then I'm going to hear what I needed to hear and learn. So for a moment, say, thank you, Lord, for the climb. Thank you, Lord, for the climb. Thank you, we get to climb. I'm going to climb, Lord. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to camp. I'll stop for a breather. But as soon as I get refreshed, I'm going back up the side of that mountain with you. So with eyes closed for just a couple of seconds.